This podcast, The Two Mats, is sponsored as ever by the New European Newspaper. And we've got a very special subscription offer for you, a new one, where you can get a free bollocks to Brexit passport cover. That's right, you heard that right, folks. It's a burgundy, like vegan leather, beautifully designed passport cover. Pleather. To, to have pleather, that's what, that's what they call it, isn't it? Pleather. To hide your um, new British blue. The shame of the, the blue shame, The shame passport. of the blue passport. And you can get your free bollocks to Brexit passport cover free with a subscription to the New European from just £1 a week. So to take this fantastic offer, and trust me, if you like this podcast, you will absolutely love the New European, go to theneweuropean.co.uk forward slash two mats. That's the number two, M-A-T-T-S, and there's a link in the show notes. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, and welcome to the New European Podcast, brought to you in association with Progress, the centre-left Labour pressure group, changing Labour policy, stopping a Tory hard Brexit, marching for a people's vote, your remain home in Labour. I'm joined not just by Steve Anglesey, Hello. but also by Jerry Scott. Hello. We're double, triple teaming the news this week, and once we've done the news, we will be talking to Chris Wright, who is the uh, co-founder and also, once again, chairman of Crystal's Records, but he's not a big Remainer. But he's also got lots of things to say about horse racing and sport and all kinds of things and how Brexit will impact on lots of industries. It's really fascinating um, to chat to him. So he'll be on soon. And then, of course, we will crown a Brexiteer of the Week. But first... It's exciting, isn't it? Very exciting. Because Theresa May... Yeah, she's done it again. She's got a deal. She's got another deal. A a different deal. Not the deal. No. Bring out the bunting. It's a... (laughs) Bring out the bunting. It's It's the political... Um, declaration yeah. on post-Brexit relations with Brussels. She's described the future in 26 pages. Yeah. Which is a bit, you know... The, uh, it's not exactly Isaac Asimov, is it? Seems reductionist, if you ask me. Yeah. <laughs> well, she says that the final agreement on Brexit is within our grasp. She's been back and forth to Brussels this week. She'll be there again at the weekend. Oh, yeah. it's exciting, isn't it? It is very exciting. She's going out to... Um, she's going out um, at the weekend in Brussels to meet... John Claude Juncker, isn't she? Which I'm not sure that. But she's going a day early. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That'd be great, wouldn't it? If in the Sundays there's like pictures of them two falling out of nightclubs and stuff, <laughs> holding, swinging from bottles of Duval as they <laughs> go down the street, arm in arm, arm in arm, singing, yeah. "Oh, you're my best friend, you are, Claude." So, oh, you know, face friend. down in the mall, freaks. Oh. 
Love you. <laughs> um, Mark, yeah. That's what could happen. It could. Well, that would be great. I, w- I, I would. My respect for Theresa May would go through the roof. It'd be like you two it. on a Saturday night, wouldn't it? Yeah, very much so. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. More, much more entertaining. I always wear a power power pencil skirt suit. As well. I've yeah. seen you in your leopard print heels. Oh yes, yes. I'm very proud of them. I've got them on now, in fact. Um, but not everyone has welcomed this. Well, no, no one has welcomed it. <laughs> Theresa May's welcomed Theresa it. Theresa May's welcomed it, yes. Um, the uh, Society of National Society of Can Kickers Anonymous has welcomed it. She is particularly no kicks good. a can down the road They're like Theresa cans. May. Let me give you some of the best. There is some really good stuff, actually, from... Uh, so, Marcus... Yes. I think it's Fish. Marcus Fish, it yeah. is, yeah, yeah. Um, he, he said that it was... It made the withdrawal agreement even more toxic. I liked Philip Lee... Who said that it reads like a letter to Santa? Yes, good. Um, Chukaramuna said it's entirely aspirational and doesn't finalise anything. But my absolute favourite, yeah, um, which I've headlined our new European story uh, on, was Nicholas Surgeon, who said um, it's lots of unicorns taking the place of facts. That's good. <laughs> I, like, I like the idea of lots of unicorns gambling around. Well, I think I think if you were given the choice between facts and unicorns. Yeah. I'd take the unicorns. Uh, unicorns all the time. Can I add the words of a senior Whitehall official? It's quite high level. You wouldn't be able to get a mortgage based on it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Jeremy Corbyn, uh, who, uh, who, um, who said in the Commons, Theresa May always says nothing is agreed until everything is agreed. Indeed, nothing has been agreed, <laughs> which is very good. That's that a good joke from Jeremy that Corbyn. from Corbyn. Um, it's, there's not very much of it, is there? I don't really. I mean, it doesn't really. There's uh, a lot of ambition. Yeah. There's a lot of friendly sort of jargon, isn't there's there? There's one particular paragraph. Much detail. There's one particular paragraph which uh, says, we're going to work together. Yeah. Everything that you want, you'll get. Everything that we want, we'll get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From- I feel like this is a document of two years ago, <laughs> not yeah, of, uh, not yeah. of well, November before we leave. That is, that is definitely how it reads. Um, There's a bit that says we're going to try and do something and this could result in a broad spectrum of results. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I say to myself when I wake up every morning. Well, exactly, Today yeah. it could yeah, result yeah, in yeah. a broad spectrum of results. Yeah. Um, I like this one as well. Provisions to ensure a level playing field. That's right, yeah. <laughs> But that is provisions to ensure a level playing field is that sort of rules out sort of Singapore style. That rules us out becoming a well. I mean, if we were, if I think for if there's any deal, then we couldn't become a Singapore sort of city state. Yes, offshore. But that that idea that there will be a level playing field is is sort of aimed at the Singaporean. That sort of rules that out, doesn't it? Mm. Frictionless trade. There'll be none of that. There'll be none of that. Um, Customs checks and controls. We're going to have more of those. Lots more of those, depending on how much we want to push it. Yeah, especially for horses. Carry on listening, you'll find out lots about that. Oh, right, okay. (laughs) Fetlocks to be checked. (laughs) Or main. Well, well, just keep listening. All right, okay. All right. Um, And they're all freaking out about the fisheries thing, aren't they? Freaking out. Freaking out. Freak out. So the SNP hate the idea that there will be a new fisheries deal. The Brexiteers hate the idea that there'll be a new fisheries deal. The fishermen hate the idea that there'll be a new... Um, fish a, a new deal. The unions hate the idea that there'll be a new fishing deal. Apart from that, that bit's gone down really well. 
but the, but the, it's not going to impact the shipping forecast. No, that will still continue because I really like. But that. they'll have to read it out in German <laughs> every third Wednesday. <laughs> Am I right in thinking that the sticking point on the the, the the deal reads for fisheries that we haven't yet agreed which bit of waters yes. Europeans can. Um, but, but our bit is that we need to sell our fish to European markets. That's right, yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There seems to be a fairly obvious compromise. There does, yeah. But that's not... who else are we going to sell the fish to? Oh, yes, us, obviously. We'll eat our own fish, but... Yes. The but, market's too but small. They, but there's a deal... I mean, this is a deal for European fishermen to fish in our waters, isn't it? Yeah. Which is what they're particularly... The, the idea of selling to the Europeans is fine. The idea of the Europeans coming over here and fishing our fish. How dare they? Yeah. So when I was fishing a boy, we had a fish van. With <laughs> little bowler hats on it. Did you have a fish van? A fish you van, yeah. Did you have a fish yeah, van? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, grew up in Great Yarm, of course we did. So the fish van comes round. They never played a tune like Ice Cream Man. No. no. But we actually had a fish man. What would they, he, what he carried would they it. Have? He carried it? He carried it. Well, he just do it. I'm sure he had a rod. Who just got <laughs> the smashed the their heads I'm sure he had a van somewhere, but he'd carry it round. He'd come round a big freezer box, yeah. Oh, not like just carrying fish. No, he didn't just have like fish on his shoulders. And a rabbit in his jacket. Yeah. <laughs> like Jake the Some dodgy DVDs on the other side. A couple of eels down his trousers. <laughs> what would the, what tune would the fish van have played if it was like an ice cream van? Oh, Octopus's Garden. Uh, Some kind of sea shanty, surely. Like that, yeah. <laughs> the theme from Captain Pugwash. Yeah, I think so. I think fish fans. Theme well, was... from Jaws. That'd get you running out. Fish Fish. Can we have some bream? See, what I was thinking was this. I mean, you you like get it. Some, get yourself some scallops. Here's fifty p. Go on. <laughs> Throwing the money down from upstairs. You like. You like a money-making scheme. All I those, do, yeah. All those Make America Great yeah, caps yeah, that, yeah. You, that you bought. That's right, yeah. did, Have you managed to sell them? Not so much, Not no. So well, listen, what we'll do is, every weekend, maybe on a Sunday, yeah. get it, your man in Great Yarmouth can go fishing. Yeah. Get the fish, slip him a few, yeah. I don't know, what do, they, what do they like in Great Yarmouth? Stella. A couple <laughs> of cans <laughs> of Stella. We'll put the fish, I'm just kidding, anyone listening to Great Yarmouth, it's no. a beautiful part of the country. It is. You, Stick, we'll hire a transit, or in fact, we'll just go in my Nissan. Stick the fish in there over on the old channel, open oh, the boots up. Yeah. You can sing Octopus's Garden, and we'll sell the fish to the Europeans. That's no fantastic, problem. they'll love it, won't they? They'll love it. But they'll be neat. They'll, now there'll be customs checks and controls, so we won't be able to do oh, it. Oh, I'll put, I'll put some onions around my neck. Oh, yeah, I'll grow a little mustache, yeah, and I have a baguette in my back pocket. Ricard Porrit, yeah, is that, <laughs> is, that, is that a baguette in your porrit, Mr. Mr. Porrit, or are you just pleased to see me? Ricard Poirot, you could start calling yourself, maybe that I would be good. Yeah. Um, so this the, the, the Irish border's back on the idea that, that it'll be patrolled by drones and Robocop is sort of back on, isn't it? <laughs> Which I think is what Ian Duncan Mac, Smith and them turned up to say last week. Mac Fack. Yeah, Mac Fack. Max Fack. Um, that, that is back on the cards. And we're going to have some workers' rights, but not the workers' rights we've got at the moment. You've got the right. You've got the right to expect a wage. Yeah. But only a very small one. <laughs> yeah. And that's essentially it. And possibly be paid in turnips. Yes. That's in the, Brexit Britain. That's in the small print. I'm looking forward to the workhouses coming back, frankly. <laughs> So apart from that, it was a brilliant deal, wasn't it? Brilliant for Theresa May. Uh, Another she, triumph. She smashed it out of the park, as she always does. Yes. Uh, it's all 
rosy, isn't it? It is, yeah. But what we are. Oh, and when we said also when we said there was going to be visa free travel for us in the EU and and EU citizens coming to us, what we meant was that was actually if you come in for a long weekend, it would now appear. And well, otherwise, I think what, otherwise you're going to have to get a visa. What they actually meant when they said visa-free travel was that none of us are going to have bank accounts anymore, so you won't be able to <laughs> use your visa card, <laughs> and we will be paying in whatever you've managed to grow in uh, your garden. Yes. Turnips. Turnips and... That's all right, because you're getting paid in them. Good British turnips. Very true. We all love a turnip. We do. Um, however, yeah, I have a theory, and I know it's a theory shared by... Well, I think it's a theory shared by you. Steve, yeah. um, but I certainly know it's a theory shared by others um, that Theresa May actually, we've, we've been a bit disparaging about the deal, obviously, and about this political declaration, but there does seem to be a kind of growing acceptance of her deal, I think, around um, people who voted leave, not necessarily hardline Brexiteers, but people who voted leave, and even around some MPs, I feel, around Westminster. Yes. I think that the likelihood of her getting this through grows by the day, especially because the ERG are completely useless and can't yes. get anywhere near these 48 letters. Now, I confidently predicted this time last week um, to Steve that we would have the 48 letters probably within 24 <laughs> hours. Yeah. Um, obviously, I was getting a bit overexcited. Well, we'll come on to that in Brexit here of the week, we will we? Um, but the, But what, what people are talking about now is TARP. Yes, TARP. So TARP stands for... Troubled Asset Relief Programme. Is and that what it stands for? Yeah. I didn't, oh, I know, didn't know what it stands for either. And it actually has nothing to do with Brexit. No. Whatsoever. Is it just about a big tarp? I'll tell you. <laughs> That's what we're going to do. That's what we're all going to live <laughs> under a big tarp. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to put a big tarp over the whole country. Oh, that'd be good. Yeah. Someone will get the fire you going. Can't here. <laughs> under all big tarp. You'll have to live at the edge though because you don't want to be pissing in the tarp. You want to be you pissing don't. out the tarp. It'd be very dark, wouldn't it? Tinged with blue. Imagine the job creation. Not only to make that giant tarp. To hold it down. To hold 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 it up. up. (laughs) To hold it up. No, Boris is going to build a big bridge. We'll just walk, instead of putting it over the water, we'll just crisscross it over the country. (laughs) Float the tarp on his bridge. A series of bridges. This Uh, is. You know what? We're laughing, but there have been more ludicrous ideas. (laughs) Really Um, So, tarp. Yes. Let me explain Michael White's been going on about this for quite a long time. He has. He called this early. He and did. I'm, I'm very much on board. It's a terrifying idea, isn't it? Yes. Uh, well, no, we're not actually going to put a tarp <laughs> on the country, Jerry. Yeah. Jerry, let me bring you up to speed. So, um, so basically, tarp was something that was put before the House of Representatives in the US in 2008. And the idea was that it was uh, it was for the US government to purchase... Um, toxic assets. Uh, this was amid the um, subprime mortgage crisis. Yes. Now there was no plan B. There was just TARP, mm. um, and the view was that it would sail through. Vote for TARP. Yeah, vote mm-hmm. for TARP. A vote for TARP is a vote for toxic assets. Yeah. <laughs> but there was really no other plan. You know, yeah. it's this or nothing, and they voted instead for nothing. Um, and the Dow Jones tanked. I think it lost 777 points, in fact, in, yes. in yeah. less than a day. And then... Days later, slightly tweaked version of another, Top, yeah. Top Plus, um, returned and was passed. And the thinking is, and Michael White's been talking about this for a few weeks, as you say, is that Theresa May's deal, if it doesn't get through... I mean, we've seen that the markets have been... Bit more sensitive recently to Brexit because we're getting close to. Yes. I mean, when Dominic Raab 
Uh, if anything, the market should have gone up when Dominic Raab quit. But indeed, <laughs> the markets went down when Dominic Raab quit. They're very sensitive now to this uncertainty and to a potential of a no deal. And as that increases, the market's getting more and more jittery. So the thinking is that if, if MPs vote against Theresa May's deal and we have nothing, either no deal or no Brexit, yes. the markets will tank, there will be an uproar, and the answer to the question, as it almost always is, is money. Yes. And we will go back with a slightly tweaked version, and I am sure, I am sure that on both sides there is room for little tweaks to get them out of this hole. I think but the negotiators on both sides... I'm talking about Ollie Robbins rather than our yeah, Brexit yeah. secretaries. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and the guys in the EU are clever enough to realise that there are going to be some hurdles and going to be some pitfalls to come. So I do think there's not this, it's a closed, it's done, it's finished. I think there is room still to negotiate little bits around the edge in case of something mm. like the tarp scenario. So, God, it's risky though, isn't it? Well, it's extremely risky. I can't, but if MPs are worried about their jobs. Yeah, of course. Right, they are. And, and if if they get to stand at the next election and say, "Well, you voted for something which bankrupt the whole country," I think that common sense at some point is going to have to prevail. It just doesn't scream of taking back control, does it? I mean, none of this does at this not, stage. But not, no. well, you know, I mean, that was a nonsense from the start. Yeah. I've got a couple of I've got a couple of problems with this scenario, which which have. <laughs> but well, one of them is that bankers are quite. They seem to be quite sharp, don't they? That's why they're bankers and then speculators, and that's why they make lots of money and you know they're, yeah. they're living their gilded mansions and, yep. and, yep. and like we're, we're here in a yep. you know freezing library <laughs> in, in the centre of East Anglia. Not that we're bitter. Not that we're no. I no, would swap you know, it. I are, would not swap it. But for are a they? Second. But are they happy? Exactly. Know, of course they're. Exactly. Of course they're happy. We are. Um, <laughs> but they aren't stupid, are they? And surely. If they know that, if they expect that this is going to fail, um, the oh. first vote is going to fail and the stock market is going to tank, wouldn't they already be selling now so they could get the money now and they could buy back at the low point? And this this really isn't happening, is it? Or, 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 or is it happening? And then the other thing is that if... Wouldn't it be speculative? If is it easier to speculate against the pound? Um... Well, but if speculators think that the deal is going to cause the pound to 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 drop, but then it's all going to be all right, then maybe the pound's not even going to drop in the first place. So, so I, I sort of think that we may have talked ourselves out of this tarp thing. Well, I don't, well we have there, there has been a tried and tested. Uh, it did happen. Yes, in it, the happen, Western it society, happened once, but that was like when ours. it was unexpected. That's what I'm saying. The fact that we now expect this to follow this pattern it's a very good point. means that you that you would expect people either to be preparing to now to cash in, or you would expect them to be going. Actually, this is all going to normalise, and I'm not going to do anything anyway because I know that the. So what the is really your won- investment advice to our? Uh, I would go. I'm not sure you're qualified to make that. No, advice. I can't do. I can't do that. No. Um, but what I would say is that if the deal fails, and then and then it, and nothing really happens to the stock market, then that increases the likelihood that she will bring the deal back with a slight tweak on it, but it will fail again, because you know we already know that there are eighty. Well, it's 80-odd Tories said that they would vote against it. Maybe that's been knocked down a little bit now. Ten, The 10 DUP are either going to vote against it or abstain. Everybody else is going to vote against this. Um, so the stock surely, market needs to fail for it to work, doesn't well, it? Well, the, the really worrying thing is you do it the first time and it fails. 
nothing really happens to the stock market. So you, you do some tweaks, you bring it back, it fails again. Mm -hmm. What happens then? The, yeah. the scenario then is that we are about to leave with no deal or there has to be a, a general election or there has to be a second referendum. And, and all, all of those things are, apart from leaving with no deal, I think the, those other two things are really problematic and they might not pass, a, you might not get a general election through the, Absolutely. there might be a lot of Tory MPs who won't vote for a general election because of course a, a she can't just call one now. Nope. Um, and there'd be, you know, the, a second referendum is far from the, the arithmetic for that is very dodgy indeed. Absolutely. So uh, the impasse is far from broken. Um, the stalemate goes on. Did you? Are you? Who said that? Are you just reading that off? Where are you, did she say that? Or no, that's just me. That's, that's just you. you. That's yeah. beautiful. Profound. Oh, you know, sometimes. That sounds brilliant. Yeah. Look how shocked we both were. Do you want to know what the title of my dissertation was? Why are you so shocked? I was talking to someone about was it. Was it so the that... impasse is not broken? <laughs> I'll tell you what it was. It was. Was it? It was. I'll tell you what it was. I'll tell you exactly what it was. But I'll Hello, find it. and welcome to the New European Podcast. <laughs> Don't confuse them. It was how sublimity in the Romantic period has impacted modern literature. Oh, my Oh, Christ. <laughs> Let's Whoa. talk about Gibraltar. Yes, let's. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. The Rock. The Rock. Continues. The rock. Is that Gibraltar. it? Gibraltar. We're going to talk about racehorses soon. The Rock okay. of Gibraltar. He was a, yeah, yeah. He was a controversial racehorse, wasn't he? He was, yeah. Um, I think The Rock has been to Gibraltar. The Rock was in Huddersfield recently. Was he? Yeah. And I think he's filming in. Isn't Did he you, coming? Can he's you coming smell to. what The Rock is cooking, and it was just chips, basically, wasn't it? Chips and gravy. <laughs> oh, yeah. There is nothing wrong with chips and gravy. Chips and gravy, not. Yeah, really. yeah. In that fish film, you could cook what up was, some chips and gravy. What was the rock okay. doing in Huddersfield? Uh, I think he's doing some filming or something. Yeah, that's it. He's filming for fast uh, some Fast and Furious spin-off. What, in Huddersfield? Oh, yeah. Well, they've been to Tokyo. What <laughs> is it? Huddersfield Drift. <laughs> yeah. They've done Rio. Where else have they done? Huddersfield Vegas. Drift is something else entirely. Yeah, yeah, that is, yeah. <laughs> It's fantastic. Yeah. Well, I can't wait for that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be... Poor old Paul Walker missing out on <laughs> it's a trip be... to the, a beauty. the Garden never... of Yorkshire. I've literally no idea what Fast and Furious is about, apart from I've seen that there's some cars Isn't in it. Isn't Magic it? Rock a brewery in Huddersfield? Magic Rock? Yes, I think it is, isn't it? Isn't I that think, in Huddersfield? Or I think it? that's something that you purchase on the streets of Brixton. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, anyway, Gibraltar. The Rock. The Rock, yes. Um, the other Rock. Is turning into something of a Brexit headache. It is, but but more for Madrid than London. I I feel mm. because um, but or basically the 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 Spaniards have they get a bit angsty about Gibraltar, don't they? Well, they do. Yeah, they get really uptight about yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. And um, and they it's taken them a while, but, but they've for got good to reason, the, as it is really part of Spain. They've got. It? I'm not getting into it. I'm <laughs> okay. not getting into it. They've got to that point. In, it's taken them a week or so, but they've got to that point in the five eight five pages, of, yeah. where it says, "Oh, and uh, you're never having it back." Basically, yes. And uh, they're, they're demanding tighter wording, tighter wording, um, in the text to make clear that negotiations on the future relationship between Gibraltar and the EU will be conducted separately to those between uh, and to those between the EU and the UK. Right. Do you mm -hmm. have an issue with that? Well. I th I th it's just a very. I mean, this is the problem with kicking everything down the road, but isn't it? Is, it? But, but uh, however we came about that island, yes, it is British or foul territory. Foul means or foul. It yeah. is a British territory, isn't it? Well, it is. Yeah. 
So why should it be? Why should there be a separate negotiation between Gibraltar and the EU than there is between the UK and the EU? Yeah, I don't think there should be. Right, Steve. Oh, I've got no opinion on it. I'm you did a minute ago. You did a minute ago. With the Gibraltarians. <coughs> you are, well, they, they're happy. They want to be with us. They want to be with us. They yeah. do. I was they there last year. They want to remain 97%. Do, right. <laughs> uh, right, OK, well, OK, I was trying to prompt some kind of fight then, you know, like on the Kay Burley show. <laughs> yeah. well, more like Jeremy Kyle with you two, to be yeah, honest. I was thinking true, Harry yeah. Hill, to be um, honest. <laughs> so, but but the, the EU is a bit annoyed as well with... Well, there's, there's a, I mean, we're, we're, so we're recording this on late on Thursday afternoon, aren't we? And and as it stands at the moment, there are there are <coughs> a lot of hints that Spain are going to n- not vote for this agreement. That's right. Because of course she's she's not just going out on the on the piss with Barnier, is she? She's actually they've got to sell this to the the twenty seven yeah, yeah. yeah. countries. Well, the thinking always then was really the, the thinking always was that um, they just sort of fall into line. Yeah. Uh, but it seems not for for Madrid, and you know this is uh, whatever we think that this has been a long issue for, for Spain, obviously. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Quite That's why I'm that not being dragged into a, a, a discussion. It's a you know. Come on, play this, play this. You know the the hot headed Spaniard who wants Gibraltar back. Well, I'm not going to do, do an that. Accent. That would be terrible. That's <laughs> not, this isn't this is not mind your language. Um, it's a complex discussion to be drawn into, I, I think, but. Um, but the yeah. withdrawal treaty text is agreed. It's closed. Irish Foreign Minister Simon Coveney. Yeah. Um, and I don't think Spain are getting a great deal of love from the EU on kicking up a fuss about this now. No. But wouldn't it be ironic, as Alanis Morris would say, <laughs> if Theresa May managed to get her end of the bargain through and the EU <laughs> couldn't get it through their lot? And that would be quite amazing, wouldn't it? It would be, I mean, it would be hilarious. And then we had to stay in the EU. Fantastic. <laughs> After all that. Oh, no. How annoyed would the Brexiteers be? It's all been a big ruse. It'd be like, <laughs> it'd be like Blackie the Donkey all over <sighs> again, wouldn't it? We'd be declaring, oh, the tabloids would be declaring war on Spain. Cherry's too young the for six that. Six seniors. Yeah. What a great series of stories it that was. It was a great thing. And the, the Daily Star thought they'd won, but then the Sun won in the end, is no, that right? No, the Sun, the sun won, and uh, and my late friend Don McCartney right. hijacked the... Uh, by a different donkey. Hijacked the donkey and kept it in his <laughs> hotel room until it could be shipped out. Brilliant. You've got to you've got to buy and read um, Sticky Up Your Punter, one of the best books about tabloid journalism. It's a fantastic ever thing. Okay, that was the news. I'm going to be speaking, as I mentioned earlier, to Chris Wright next. This is the New European Podcast, brought to you in association with Progress, the centre-left Labour pressure group, changing Labour policy, stopping a Tory hard Brexit. Marching for a people's vote, your remain home in Labour. Join today for just £3 a month at prog.rs forward slash join. That is prog, P-R-O-G dot R-S forward slash join, J-O-I-N. Stay angry. Fight Brexit. Subscribe to The New European. Your first 13 issues of The New European are only £13 when you join us and become a subscriber. Order by telephone by calling 01858 438840 and quoting podcast one or order online at our website www.neweuropean.co.uk Stay angry. Fight Brexit. Subscribe to The New European.
Who's on the Brexit Blower this week? Welcome back. We're joined this week by a very special guest, Chris Wright, who uh, was the co-founder of Chrysalis Records. He's once again the chairman of Chrysalis Records in the 90s, um, founder of the Heart Commercial Radio brand. He was the uh, owner of QPR Football Club and Wasps Rugby Club for a time. Worked with bands including Spandau Ballet, Ultravox, Blondie, Jethro Tull. Chris, you're also a massive Remainer, so you're among friends. Welcome. It's great to be here. Absolutely. And of course, what I want to kick off with was, um, you've got a sort of official role with regards to Brexit, haven't you, with regards to the uh, horse racing industry. So just bring me up to speed on that and tell me a bit about that and uh, how Brexit is going to affect that industry, first of all. Um, I'm, I'm on the board of the Racehorse Owners Association and uh, I'm representing the Racehorse Owners Association on the racing industry uh, Brexit uh, strategy committee. So I'm, I'm up to speed with, with everything terms of the impact of, um, of Brexit on the horse racing and bloodstock industry. That's uh, on top of uh, my overall involvement in all things record business, music business and, and also TV business. Sure. So w- with regards specifically to, to horse racing, um, what, what are the, uh, the major issues with regards to, to Brexit? What sort of impact are, are we looking uh, at having on that industry? Well, race, racing in general, whether it's Horses running in uh, in races at you know major meetings, or horses being sent to the sales to be sold at foals, yearlings, or or older horses, or horses being bred. In other words, mares being sent to be covered, you know, or impregnated by stallions. All of this involves free movement of horses yeah. throughout uh, the, the major racing countries of Western Europe, which does include Italy and Germany and so forth. But Essentially, what we're talking about here is Ireland, France, and the UK. Uh-huh. And there is an existence of what's known as the tripartite agreement, which predates the EU, which allows the complete free movement of horses within those countries. Okay. So it's a pretty, it's totally frictionless. And, and if we have a crash out Brexit and there isn't anything in place to take. This is people's livings we're talking about, isn't it, at the end of the day? Well, the other thing is that 
even when you're moving horses across across borders, uh, the horse has to move with a human being, yeah. and those human beings, uh, the stable staff, and the people that work in the, in the breeding industry, a lot of those are, are, are overseas labour, a lot of it's European labour, a lot of Poles are working in the, the breeding industry, uh, and you have people working in the racing yards from all over Europe, so you can't send a horse to go to you know, Longshine Parish to run in a race without its stable lad with it, mm. sometimes too, so they're going to need to have pretty well frictionless access as well, you can't can't have the horse be around through the the, uh, the the customs border or checkpoint without the stable lad or stable lass Quite. able to go with it. So it's it's it, it is a it's a huge issue. But it's you know when when we talk about it, you know one would say, well, you know this is so important. Surely you know we can get the government. In fact, if I if I move on to talk about the, the music industry, yeah. you know bands and groups travelling across borders. And some of them are composed of uh, individuals from different countries and so forth. I mean, a, a, a group may not be entirely British or English. They may have a Frenchman in the group, or a German, or a Swede, or something like that. Or, and the same the same issues apply. But of course, it all pales really into insignificance when you look at major industries like the automotive industry. If the government are really going to make exceptions, I think they'll start with things like automotive industry. Uh, rather than racing or, or music, not necessarily, you know, because they should, but because it's the way that priorities, you know, are, are considered to exist. I mean, touching back on the on the, the racehorse issue, do, do you think would it be overstating it on my part to say that if there is a no deal Brexit, it would be devastating for the industry? It wouldn't be overstating it at all. So there's a lot of is there is there panic in the industry? I mean, is there a lot of fears, a lot of concern. Well, it is a strange, it's a strange thing, really, because they, there's no doubt that the, for some peculiar quirk, I'd say that the bulk of the racing industry, the bulk, not everybody by any means, but a, I'd say quite a sizable percentage of the racing industry would actually have voted for Brexit and probably yeah. still would consider themselves Brexiters. Yeah. I know it sounds strange when so much of their livelihood is dependent on this, but Again, like, like like most Brexiters, they I think they take a view that you know we just want to be out out of the EU and everything will be all right. And of of course, you know it's the same as saying, well, of course Mercedes will want to sell their cars in England, so they'll make the German government agree to, to, to what we want. And they'll say, well, of course the Irish and the French will they'll want to sell their horses or they'll want to run their horses in, in England or they'll want our horses to run there. So. Uh, they they'll you know there won't be obstacles, but in actual fact, you know we're not talking about that. We're talking about legal issues which will apply in the event of a, of a no deal Brexit, and it won't be as simple as that. It's hard to make people understand that in in quite in actually quite a lot of walks of, of life. Yeah. I mean, I know people in, in the in the in the breeding on Polish staff who don't actually think that. Brexit has got anything to do with their avail- with their ability to be able to hire Polish staff, uh, you know, as they've been doing for the last you know 10, 10 15 years. I mean, it's beggars belief sometimes that people don't understand the practical issues involved, and I mean that's really one of the things that the country is having having to fight in terms of, of being able to 
get the public to understand what this really does mean. I mean, it really will touch all walks of life, won't it? And uh, even with, you know, we, you'll be well aware of the issues facing football clubs as well, of course, because um, I think... Well, I am, I'm definitely, I'm, I'm definitely... Uh, I don't think most football fans are fully aware of the fact that, that uh, it's going to make a huge difference to football. I know, you know, that we're, we're now reading in the papers that things that the FA are trying to come up with in terms of, like, imposing a quota system on the number of English players or British players that you have to have in your team. I mean, you know, we've got used to being able to hire the best from around the world. Yeah. Uh, and the best from the best from inside the EU, if they're EU qualified, you know, they can come in anywhere. And there's lots of players that, someone like Kante, for example, I just read that Chelsea is going to be going to, going to become their highest paid player even more than Hazard well Kante is not a player that would have been above the threshold he wouldn't have been allowed to cut to play in England after Brexit so, yeah. and he's, he's just won now in terms of the top clubs it's going to affect them a lot because they're used to hiring the best players in terms of the less than top clubs uh, that can't necessarily hire the top Brazilians Argentinians and so forth they, they can hire second-tier but very good European players. That, that will stop. Uh, and in terms of Scotland, I think there's hardly a player playing in Scotland that, now, a foreign player playing in Scotland that would qualify uh, post-Brexit. Mm. And this is something that other pe- that people just didn't, haven't focused in on either. It's going, it's the, the effect of this is you know, quite considerable and... and um, I, I don't think anyone's really discussed the facts. I don't think I don't think anyone on the Brexit side they don't want to discuss the facts because the facts are so complicated yeah. and the facts do not support their case. So they'd rather just say they'd rather just have the argument based things like that. And if anyone comes up with the fact, it's just fake news, fake news, fake news. In other words, we don't want to talk about facts. We just want to talk about the real issue and the real issue is sovereignty that's their approach to it quite well as we stand now and of course um you know the the whole political um world it seems to shift on a daily basis in the last month or so uh, well in the last couple of years or so yeah. i guess but as we stand now what what would your prediction be are we going to are we going to have a no deal or is Theresa may going to get this deal through or do you think that in actual fact um, because of the seeming lack of support, even if it has grown by minuscule amounts during the past week for Theresa May's deal, do you think that there is that is the biggest possibility that that deal or some deal like it will will end up getting fudged through? Well, yeah, clearly no one really knows, and I don't think anyone would want to bet their house on any, <laughs> on any particular outcome. That is, I, I think that that what we've seen of uh, since the, the deal has been announced. And, and I think they're still trying to fine-tune it, although I doubt there's much fine-tuning uh, that, can, that can happen. <coughs> but I suspect that uh, there is probably a greater chance of the deal getting through than it looked like when it was announced. Yes. I think the reality is that it does look like that it's this deal, or and it is looking increasingly... less likely there will be no deal because I do think, although we've got some very stupid people in in Parliament and in government, I honestly don't think that they're going to really allow no deal. No one's prepared for a no deal. 
it would cost it would cost so much money for every industry to to prepare for no deal and it would take way way longer than we've got left it would have taken way longer than even if we'd started preparing for no deal two years ago so i just can't see that so i think what's coming round to this deal or, or no deal i think in terms of the country as a whole that there's clearly a lot of both boredom with the whole topic in, in, in some people's minds although certainly not in everyone's minds but in some people's minds yes and um, i think there's also uh you know, real, realization that we need to get this put behind us and move on, that we've got other fish to fry. So on that basis, I think, although if you ask people, if you ask the Brexiter, is, is this deal, would you rather have this deal or, or a much, much harder Brexit, even if it means crashing out, they'd say we'd much, we'd have a much harder Brexit. If you ask the Remainer what they'd rather have, well, sure, the deal is nowhere near as good as, as Remain. Uh, but I think I think there's a great deal of people thinking this is the only deal in town. Let's just agree to it and move on. And I think there is a there is a chance that it will get through. Now, if it doesn't get through, one assumes that, that Labour will will whip against it, and most, but not all, Labour will vote against it, including the, the, that very small hardcore of Labour strong Brexiters. Yeah. Um, some, I would imagine that some Labour MPs, Caroline Flint, for example, I imagine she'd probably vote in favour of the deal, mm. uh, just because she feels a responsibility to to the country and the responsibility to her constituents. So uh, I think it'll be tight, and in the end, if it, if it doesn't get through, it will very specifically not get through because of the the, the bunch of uh, Jacob rees uh BRG, which are now actually going to become known as Pat's Army. Yeah. And I think if they if if they vote it down, I think there will there will be there will be a, a groundswell of support for Theresa May. As, a, as someone said in a paper, you know, you have a bunch of old Etonians trying trying to you know bully uh, you know a middle-aged woman going about doing her job, and it doesn't come over very well. And I think I think also they're running out of steam. Now there may be other things. I didn't see the uh, I didn't see what Esther McVeigh's questions in in the House in Prime Minister's questions uh-huh. and what the response was. But I mean, she doesn't fit into the Dad's Army sort of syndrome. No. She could still be quite difficult. But that's that's what I see happening. But I think it might get through. If it doesn't get through, then I think we, we're actually going to have to we're going to have to cancel the. Uh, March 29th anyway, put it back and yeah. revisit the whole thing and that might run into another referendum and seeing that we're now something like 60-40 in favour of a new referendum or more I can't imagine that too many people that would vote for Brexit again are wanting a new referendum why would they? I mean it's like we want, why, why do we want to replay the game? Yes. So I'd imagine that that, that, that 60-40 would become 60-40 vote for Remain in a new referendum campaign. But I think it's quite a difficult situation, and I think Theresa May knows that, that uh, we could have huge amounts of public disorder in the event of a no-deal Brexit, that is for sure, but we might also get public disorder if uh, Brexit is reversed. So this is kind of a way of, like, let's all come together and get something done which we can live with and move on.
would you would you support and would you personally and do you think business more generally would support a, a second referendum at this stage? Yeah, well, uh, of course, if if Brexit could be reversed, I think it would be you know it would be great, but it would come at a price. Yeah, and uh, that price is public dis- disturbance and and belief in the democratic process and so forth. I think we'd overcome it. It's still probably overall. Uh, you know the the best solution, but it, the price it comes with does make it dangerous. And on that basis, uh, if this deal goes through, and it, it does remove a lot of a lot of that, you know, a lot of that, uh, you know, antagonism could could actually get uh, you know rubbed out, and it might be a good thing. And also, I mean, business obviously has been crying out for clarity for, for, for so long now in the face of utter confusion and chaos. At, at least, if, if nothing else, um, and all pretty much all our listeners, I presume, uh, would, would support a second referendum, but do you think business is thinking, at least we've got something, at least we know something, a second referendum might prolong that? or um, Well, unquestionably, and also you can't be absolutely sure that a second referendum wouldn't, wouldn't come up with a... A leave, with a, uh, a leave vote, and if a second referendum came up with a leave vote, leave vote, then we're kind of almost in no deal Brexit territory, and then we are completely stuffed. Quite. So it's actually it's actually very dangerous. And if we've got a deal here that we do leave the EU, okay, we've got no vote, we've got no say in what things we have to we have to follow a lot of the guidelines. Uh, then you know it's. But at the same time, we have a trade deal, and and horses can cross borders, and staff can cross borders with them, and musicians can go and play gigs in Paris, and so forth. Then you know it becomes it becomes something that we're like, okay, it's not great, but we can live with it. And you know, nothing's forever anyway. Although I suspect this would be for for a generation. Yeah. And we also don't know the terms of the trade deal. It's, it's going to be. It'll be a couple of years to work that out, um, you know. And there are, I mean, there are other issues as well. And obviously, fisheries and agriculture, but you know, that could scupper it. Of course, of course. Okay, Chris, it's been an absolute pleasure to. It's it's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you, Chris. I need to ask you one more question, and it's not Brexit related. Of all the bands that you worked with at Chrysalis and still do, which one is the one that you put on on a long drive in the car? Oh, that is a good question, isn't it? <laughs> um, oh, God. Which of the bands will I put on on a long drive? There's so much, there's, there's, there's so many, there's so many good ones. I mean, I'd, uh, you know, even ones you've never probably heard of, like Lodwin Pig or something like that, you could listen to their first album over and over again. And that's from 1968. Got Procol Harum, they, you know, they, they made some great music. They did. The early ones, uh, ten years after Jethro Tull. I mean, Blondie. If you had a Blondie, you know, you could play play Blondie greatest hits. That's probably one you could listen to more than most. But I wouldn't say it was. You know, it, it, it wouldn't be that cut and dry. <laughs> It'd be quite it's, difficult. It's a very diplomatic answer, Chris Wright. Thank you so much for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure and a real insight into numerous different industries. So thank you very much for your time. You're welcome. Brexiteer of the Week. Welcome back. It's time, Steve, for Brexiteer of the Week. It is. 
It is. Should we start with David Davis? Ah, DD. Oh, DD. DD, DD, DD. DD, DD, DD. David Davis. So, here, Conservative Home. How would you describe the website Conservative Home? Well, I mean, unbalanced. It's a, yeah. I mean, it's 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 for, it's for, Tory politicals, really, isn't it? Well, it's it like, is. It's a fairly, you know, it's a fairly dry yeah, website with a lot of dry. opinion pieces from um, from conservative thinkers, shall yeah, we say? Yeah. Well, not in uh, this case. Uh, um, and uh, and so it was such a surprise to see earlier in uh, in this week, David Davis had a piece up on there, and it ah. began. Um, it began. Um, the Spice Girls had it right when they said, "Stop right now, thank you very much." <laughs> and then you went, oh, right. "Is this all going to be about the Spice Girls?" But then the next six hundred words didn't have anything in them about didn't the Spice Girls. Didn't mention the Spice Girls at all. But they're a bit Brexity, aren't they, the Spice Girls? Well, Jerry? we can get to that. Oh. Uh, and then at the end, he said, uh, he "Basically, it was yet another thing about how Theresa May." deal and everything Theresa May does is terrible and how David Davis could do everything yeah. a lot better. And it, it ended with the words, we can stop being, quotes, always on the run, look beyond Brexit and provide, quotes, the human touch <laughs> by focusing on issues like housing, education, health and crime. And it's not one of the great lyrics, is it? No, no, uh, it's not. No. It, I don't think it scans in the song. And to be fair, I'm, I, I'm, I'm not sure I would want to hear Victoria Beckham singing that out, especially or, if it was a cappella. Or anything. Um, but I wonder whether David Davis has always been a big fan of the Spice Girls. Wow. And did he, you know, in 1996, late in 1996, was he sat in his office going... Well, should we be in the EU or should we be out of the EU? And then mm. he said, just turn the radio on yeah. for, you know, a bit of distraction. And then he heard Mel B singing, set your spirit free, it's the only way to be. And he went, this is it, we're going out. We're going out. We're t- I'm taking him out. Wasn't that 97? I don't know. I thought it was Christmas 96, that one, but you might no, be, you think, might be I wrong. I think it was Christmas. I and might then, be wrong. You might be wrong. Yeah, you, you you will be wrong. Um, and then, you know, in his private moments, does he dream about getting into the old Jerry's Union Jack dress? And then he's doing the he's doing the end of Wannabe. He's doing the rap, and it's from here's the story from A to Z. If you want to get with me, you got to back the ERG. Very good. Um, uh, that's very good. So, so you were yeah. right. It was 1996. Was it 1996? It was a magical year. Um, so you know, so is he, has he been a long-term fan of the Spice Girls, or while he was writing this desperately dull column for Conservative Home about how he's brilliant and Theresa May's a dunce, <laughs> did he just look up at the TV and see that the Spice Girls had reformed, and he went, "Oh, that's quite good. I'll do." What was the song by the Spice Girls? Oh, I quite like that sort of poppy one. <laughs> That they did the one that was a bit old fashioned. But also that song is about wearing a condom. Is it? Stop right now. Oh no, I was talking about um, when two, two become, become one. one. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, so maybe of... he's an advocate of safe sex, which should be applauded. Well, there was. The, I was wondering actually also whether um, whether his genius plan to win over the women's vote at yeah. the two, 2005 Tory conference yes, to beat yes, David Cameron. It was a beauty, this. Whether that... Because his, his plan, obviously, was to bring on two busty women yeah. wearing its DD for me T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> but in the, spy, in the movie Spice World, there's an awkward bit, which is quite awkward now, where they're in sort of military garb and they're doing the old military cadence right, yeah. with Brigadier Michael Barrymore... In Hyde Park, and uh, we and, know uh, and how they, we got this far. Like that. We know how we got this far. 
Strength and courage and a wonder bra. So right. maybe that was on his mind. That's what went, that that is what we were peddling to our young women back in the late nineties. Quite incredible. That was strength, girl, courage, and a cleavage. That's what will get you on in this world. Girl power, and of course it is the latter. He doesn't really like the Spice Girls, no. does he? He just latched onto any idea which sort of vaguely floats in front of his of um, cerebellum, uh, because he is, as we know, a completely detail-free uh, uh, zone. And if he wasn't a detail-free zone. You know, we wouldn't have had all these embarrassing things about, Quite. you know, trade talk. We're going to be in trade by the, you know, in two weeks we'll be in trade talks with an area that's massively larger than we wouldn't have had all of this kind of stuff. But also, if he wasn't a detail-free zone, he would have actually watched more of the interview, and he would have seen Jerry uh, coming out and the rest of the Spice coming out in support of Theresa May yeah. and, and saying, uh, Jerry said. Uh, Jerry Halliwell, I can't believe that we, you know, this podcast has degenerated to the point where I'm reading out quotes from Jerry Halliwell. But Jerry Halliwell, who he has just quoted, said, "Just support a woman who's doing the best she can, and all of that. It's not an easy position. Stop all the divisiveness and come together." There you go. So he's not even doing that. But maybe for David Davis, it's a bit closer to what Mel C said in the same interview, which is this political stuff is really difficult. It um, is. Did you get Spice Girls tickets? Uh, I, I didn't know. I, I, I didn't. Are, you, are you spicing up your life? Um, <laughs> I was. I was um, helping a friend to get Spice Girls tickets, and I did manage to get two. Oh yeah, a young friend. A Good. young friend. Excellent. And, uh, but I, I'm not. I'm not attending. In fact, I didn't go through with the purchase because um, they were. It was something like. Two hundred and ninety quid for two seats, right? Stadium, yeah. That's a that's a well, that's a great show. But it was an hour of my life. I will never get back. Well, marvelous news. But then you've got a lot of free time, haven't you? To be fair, so um, <laughs> I filed a story at the same time. Actually, did you? Yeah, I did. Did you? Uh, we asked some of the um, we asked some of the, taken with David Davis seizing on these Spice Girls lyrics as a, as a way forward for 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 Brexit. We asked some uh, readers what lyrics they thought were, were appropriate for Brexit. And Sam C actually Sounds recalled like it. Sam C, yeah, here's the here's the yeah, the story from Sam to C. You know the 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 um the Spice Girls, there's they never they never talk about Melee. Well they don't do they, no. That was the experiment that failed, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Was Kid A, was Kid A in the Spice Girls? Oh, maybe. No, that see. is a good album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you like Kid A? Well, no, I do like quite like it's Kid good. A. That, yeah, that yeah. I don't like Radiohead very much, but I do like Kid A. Uh, yes. Um, Sam C said, uh, "What about the lines from Too? Was it called Too Much? I think it was called Too Much, wasn't it? Where where, where they say Too Much to of do, Something? Do, yeah." Too much of something is bad enough, yeah. but something's coming over me to make me wonder if too much of nothing is just as tough. Uh, Adam Welch said, I had a little time to think it over, I had a little room to work it out, I found a little courage to call it off, which is a beautiful a very South good song, song, isn't very it? Very good song by the Beautiful South, yeah, a little uh, time, fantastic. And, uh, and, and that's very good. Uh, Stephen P. Roberts, we had a couple of Bob Dylan ones. Stephen P. Roberts said, idiot wind blowing every time you move your teeth which is something that certainly comes into mind when I see David Davis. Mm. Uh, John Drysdale quoted a, uh, uh, the um, I wish that for just one time you could stand inside my shoes and you'd know what a drag it is to see you from Positively 4th Street. Eileen M. Kamiski said, I'm yesterday's man. I'm yesterday's man. Yesterday's man is what I am. Uh, who do you think you are? Said Peter Hedges. Uh, Nick Ransom. That might be the best Spice Girls song. 
Unless he's talking about the Oasis song. Well, the best Spice Girls song is Spice Up Your Life, quite clearly, isn't it? And Spice Up Your Life's a very good song. Spice Up Your Life. And what do they say at the end of Spice Up Your Life? What's what's the, the, the thing that they say at the end? High C, uh, oh, yeah. hold tight. Oh, yeah. Now, did, have you seen, this is a Spice Girls, you can you can pause this if you like and fast forward for the next minute. I'm <laughs> gonna, we're now going to be talking about actual Spice Girls lyrics. All right, cool. So, I don't, I high don't C, mind the Spice Girls. How I see ya, hold tight, they yeah. say at the end of Spice Up Your Life. See ya. Hi, hold tight. hi, waving hello. Hi. See, see ya. ya, waving goodbye. Yeah. Hold tight. Hold tight. So, Jerry Halliwell tweeted about this recently, about the just ahead of the Spice Girls reunion. The lyric actually is hi, H A I, hello in Japanese. Right. See, yes in uh, Spanish. Yeah. And ya, yes in. Uh, in in um, hi yes in German. yes yes hold tight. Well, I think it's yes 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 rather than you. It's in, oh I see yes 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 yes, yes. Sorry, I said hi. That's yes. So it's yes 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 hold tight. Yes yes yes. My mind's been blown by that. It's quite incredible. Well, that I mean that in, that insight into the lyrical genius of the Spice Girls. Well, they actually, it, on the, I think they are is, on the writing credits, aren't they, the Spice Girls? I think they are, yeah. yeah but I'm not sure that they uh, wrote a I think lot it just, of it. Uh, I think it says two people you've never heard of, and then the Spice Girls. Basically, that's <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, but that is quite <clears throat> mind blowing, and it's as mind blowing as the idea that have you seen this other mind blowing thing that, that this week, which is this is great for, this is fantastic for a podcast. But mm. if you look at a number eight card in a pack of cards, yeah, a number eight of diamonds card in a pack of cards, yeah. there is a number eight in the shape of the diamonds in it. You can do that, new European podcast listener mm. at home. Wait until um, the end of the pod. Yes, please do. Um, Nick Ransom said there's no future in England's dreaming. Sex Pistols, obviously. Oh, yeah. Now and John up. Mullins, when we're on the sort of the, the punk rock uh, and, and uh, late 70s tip, said the opening line of Ian Dure's Plasto Patricia sums up this whole thing quite succinctly. And we're not obviously not going to say what that is. Um, there were some great ones here. Mr. Cellophane, Aunt, Aunt Olive said, Mr. Cellophane should have been my name. You can look right through me. The, the great song from um, uh, Chicago. Uh, we even had a Robbie Williams one from Colin Butcher. No regrets. I don't want to hate, but that's all you've left me with, a bitter aftertaste and a fantasy of how we all could live. Who else appeared on Robbie Williams' single No Regrets? No Regrets? I don't that's know. a good quiz question. Oh, I don't know. Neil Was it Idi Amin? <laughs> yeah, he's on drums. Neil Tennant. Yeah. And um Oh, I forgot his bloody name now. The guy from the Divine Comedy. Or uh, the Divine Comedy, in fact. What's he called? He wrote My Lovely Horse, didn't yeah, he? Neil, Neil Hannon. Neil so it was just a Neil special. Neil, Neil Fest, yeah. Neil and Neil, the Neil Fest. Uh, we had um, oh we had uh, let's do one more one or two more Rob Fitzgerald Radiohead you do it to yourself that's what really hurts did all that one and uh, and one that I really liked uh, was from Nick Davey uh, he's a real nowhere man sitting in his nowhere land making all his nowhere plans for nobody uh, and then finally, Dylan Veitz, I think it's is how you pronounce oh, it. Very cool name. V i e i t e s uh, Veitz or Veitz uh, quotes the Inspiral Carpets. This is how it feels to be lonely. This is how it feels to be small. This is how it feels when your world means nothing at all. Which is how cool we name, all, cool band. How we will all cool feel. as well. I think that's how we'll all feel on, on March the 29th. So, David Davis, some more lyrics you can use there. Um, let's get back to the Brexiteers of the week. Uh, 
I want to talk about these people in, in, in Cheltenham, Cheltenham High Street. Now, it's a convincing sign that you are winning the battle of ideas um, when instead of being able to go up to, to pro-remain uh, pro protesters on Cheltenham High Street and uh, win, the, uh, win a conversation against them, win a debate against them, you throw eggs at them. Mm. Uh, but that's what's happened at Cheltenham High Street. There's been quite a big stir. These things don't normally happen at Chel in Cheltenham. It's even at the Cheltenham Festival, it's, it's quite a, a genteel place, isn't it? Mm. Um, I'd like to see it happen at the Cheltenham Festival. What was the suspect wearing? Well, tweeds and uh, he had some pink, salmon pink trousers. I think you'll be able to pick him out. Um, anyway, so, so some pro-leave uh, protesters threw eggs at the Cheltenham in Europe stall on Hel Cheltenham High Street. Totally perfect crime, this, apart from the fact that the attackers were caught on camera and one of them is well-known locally as a vociferous Brexiteer. Oh. Um, the, the good news, I think, for the, for the suspects is that... Um, there's been news this week, hasn't there, that if we leave it in a no-deal, the CPS, Crown Prosecution Service, won't be able to use the European arrest warrant anymore. So if they wanted to avoid prosecution, what they could do is just move it to Europe, yeah, basically. Yeah, that's a good idea. And they'd have to leave Brexit Britain with all its brilliantness and unicorns and free <laughs> cake for everybody, and they'd have to go and live um, on the continent, as they no doubt say, which <coughs> probably would be punishment enough. I think my son might be a Brexiteer. Do you think? Yeah, because I, I, he got into the back of my car on Friday. Yeah. And he has... Did he egg of, you? Well, he's obsessed, he's obsessed with eggs, right? He says they're dinosaur eggs, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he's got one of these eggs that's like years. actually a... <laughs> it's like a bouncy ball, but it looks like an egg. Oh, so yeah. So you can play tricks on people. Yeah, you yeah, throw yeah. an egg and it bounces. So he got in and he said, Daddy, I've got a dinosaur egg. And I went, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Buckled him up, got him in the back of the car. We took other kids off to school. And I looked in the back window and he said, Daddy, it's hatching, it's hatching. And I went, yes, of course it is, son, yes. Great imagination. Daddy, lucky, the dinosaur is going to come out, it's hatching. And I looked around and he had two bits of egg. It was a real egg. Oh. And I'm on a motorway at this point. Right. So I had to grab two bits of egg and wang it out the window. Oh, so, no. I mean, I could have been pulled over for egging passing traffic. You could have done, yeah. So maybe it was him in Cheltenham. Did you, could you not have taught him quickly how to separate the yolk <laughs> and the albumin? And then, then you Keep could have... Keep it! That would have been the Yorkshireman's any... reaction. Keep it upright, we'll have that for yeah, lunch. Exactly, you could have used that in your in one of your puddings. Um, Julie Birchill, who is some somebody that I used to admire and like um, many other people no longer admire. Yeah, odd. Um, I think it, I think that happened in probably the early 1980s. I think she's um, always been a difficult She's back, 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 Julie. isn't she? Uh, in the uh, She was in the Daily Telegraph... Um, uh, really sensible column in the Daily Telegraph in which she criticised Remainers for um, wanting to avoid danger and uh, not wanting to contract hypothermia. So we were all snowflakes for that. Yeah. Uh, she well, said, I'm going to do the Birchill accent. It's, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. freezing in here. She said, I don't want a life in which wrapping up warm and staying safe for the be all and end all. There's never been a better time to be alive. Because she does speak like uh, like that, she talks like Pamers, yeah. which is uh, which is quite remarkable. Um, elsewhere in this article, which is truly bizarre, by the way, and I'm, I'm you know it was quite staggering. She said, um, "I've been a super." I'm going to stop doing the, the voice now. Yes, okay, she said, please. "I've been a super lark uh, ever since I like, as in up with the lark." Yeah. 
Uh, ever since I gave up drugs a few years back, in recent weeks, my 5am starts have become even more exuberant than ever. Oh, the reason is a simple one. Brexit. Brexit! Say it soft and it's almost like praying. Brexit. Say it's loud and there's music playing. Brexit! And that music, of course, is Land of Hope and Glory. Brexit! It may be winter outside, but in my heart it's spring. Spring 2016 and all the fun and joy of Victory Day coming around that bend. And I'm sorry to say that the joy of Victory Day appears not to be the only thing which is around the bend. Did you ever see that hilarious TV show where Toby Young's talking about the Literary Review? Oh yeah, yeah. And it is Literary Review, isn't it? What was uh, it? I think it was it the Literary Review. What was it called? I can't remember. Magazine. I can't remember what it's called now. No, the, 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 the something review, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, the the magazine that, that that Julie and and Toby were, and they had a massive falling out. They did, and um, they got them back together in this pub. Yes, I saw this. And he turned up with like some flowers. He did. And they basically like there was about on camera for about thirty seconds with a short awkward silence, and then that was the end of the show. It was brilliant. Find it. Yes. Well, they're ideally suited, aren't they're they? Indeed. They're both very Brexity. But the Brexiteer of the week, and it, there can only be one this week, it's a clear winner, it is Steve Baker. Mm. There's a great joke on Twitter about Steve Baker, uh, and I can't remember um, who said this, and I do apologise, uh, but uh, but somebody said, um, Steve Baker goes to the doctor and says, Doctor, I've got concussion, and the doctor says, How many fingers am I holding up? And Steve Baker says, 48. And on, on Steve Baker, if you if you don't know and if you're unaware of him, I, I envy you deeply. He is the sort of weasel-faced uh, Wickham MP who was uh, very uh, vocal uh, last week that Theresa May would soon uh, there'd soon be 48 letters in uh, opposing her. There'd be a leadership contest. She'd be out of there. All of this kind of stuff. Now, slightly different this week. Uh, he said on uh, on Monday night, I think he said, it's become very, very clear that not everybody does what they've said they are going to do. Mm. Um, and, uh, and he's right, because Steve Baker said that he would uh, collect together the 48 signatures necessary to have a leadership contest <coughs> against Theresa May, and he's actually ended up with fewer letters than there are in one of those small tins of alphabetic spaghetti. Quite. Um, now, who who's to blame for this farce? It's it's a it's split. The blame is evenly split. Yeah. Some say, uh, some are blaming Steve Baker for overplaying his hand, yeah. and other people are blaming Steve Baker uh, for, for just his his own personality. And yeah. some of the quotes about that include: "He's a self-promoter, sanctimonious. We wish he'd do less talking. He's a self-aggrandizing joke. His colleagues view him as a laughing stock." <laughs> so, so it's mi- it's mixed basically. Um, but surely Steve Baker should have seen this coming because last year he wrote a foreword to a, 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 his friend John Butler's book, which is called The Golden Revolution, How to Prepare for the Remonetization of Gold. Ooh, that's, that's, the, a, that's a page turn. <laughs> and the title of his, yeah, I'm not sure it's, you know, I'm not sure J.K. Rowling is having sleepless <laughs> nights. But the title of his foreword was We Live in the Age of Broken Promises. There you go. Broken promises, broken dreams. So Steve Baker of the ERG is the Brexiteer of the Week. Congratulations, Steve. I think that might be his first time as Brexiteer of the Week. He's certainly been in there before. Not his last, I think. I'm sure, I, I'm sure that that is not the case. What should the listener do right now? Don't write a letter. If you're a Tory MP, don't write a letter to, <laughs> to uh, Steve Baker or Graham Brady uh, or Liam Brady or anybody, really. Or any, yeah. Um, but I don't know. You write a letter to us. Yeah, he could write a letter to us saying how nice we are. Podcast. But or they could write a review. Or That'd be better. It'd be much better if you gave us a lovely review on your podcatcher of choice. 
Uh, five stars, please, on uh, iOS. That would be really nice. Uh, you can go to Facebook. You can like the New European on Facebook. You can join our uh, New European Readers Group on Facebook, uh, which offers a little bit more interaction. You can go to SteadyHQ.com, SteadyHQ.com, and contribute to our crowdfunder. Um, or you can follow the New European on Twitter at the New European, and you can follow me on Twitter at Sanglesey, S-A-N-G-L-E-S-E-Y. Or you can follow me at Porritz, P-O-R-R-I-T-T. That, dear listener, was the New European Podcast, brought to you in association with Progress, the centre-left Labour pressure group, changing Labour policy, stopping a Tory hard Brexit, marching for a people's vote. This is your Remain Home in Labour. Join now at prog.rs forward slash join. If you haven't already, please do rush out and buy a copy of the New European newspaper. It's another stonker. It's £2.50. That's all. £2.50. And it is on sale in all good news agents right at this second. We will be back next week. Until then, Mr Campbell, play those bagpipes. Here you go. I'm ready, Alistair. You go for it. And you're on time. (laughs) 